Still Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. So glad that you are here today. This is a topic that, man, it is one that I think is really important and fun and just want to talk about what does it look like to have a marriage-friendly church? Hmm. I like that you think that's a fun topic. It's just such an important one, and it's something I've been talking about for, man, over a decade now, mm-hmm. and I am honored now to be the marriage and family pastor at my church. Um, that's that's one of my full-time jobs that I uh, am doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is a place where, where my church has done some investing in marriage and mm-hmm. how, how do we grow in that area. And yet, honestly, a lot of our ministry has come out of us kind of thinking through this challenge of what does a marriage friendly church look like and why don't we have more of them Mm. you know the reality is for many churches after the senior pastor the next hire is often the youth pastor yeah i would say or an associate pastor just depends right on your demographic probably but yeah and those are so important right like making a space for kids is is so critical that we keep growing and keeping your Keeping your lead pastor, senior pastor from yeah. uh, just being overtaxed. I think that's often why the associate will sometimes come next to, right. to help him bear that load of responsibility. Sure. And, and so this is so critical, but I would love to make the case that there should be more marriage pastors out there. Mm-hmm. in the world. And and the reality is it is not a title that you find very often. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I've looked at many, many churches and you look at what they have for marriages, it, it kind of often looks like something like, oh, we will help you get married. Maybe mm-hmm. they have a premarital process mm-hmm. that you'll meet with a pastor, you'll meet with somebody to do some premarital, and then they will have divorce care. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's there's something missing in between the two. Now, those look, are both really important things. We, but... we have both of those. I love our premarital process and our program that we have a great process that we've created and, and work through. Mm-hmm. And we have a thriving, really important divorce care program. It's a beautiful, wonderful, important program. But if that's mm-hmm. all that we have at our churches, we're missing something. Right. Yeah, because we're meeting the need at the beginning, and we're meeting the need, I won't call it an end, but yeah, towards the, the, end. the marriage in crisis. Is, is in separation or divorce, we're saying, hey, we need to help you through this process, which is so important. And we're saying, hey, we need to help you at the beginning right. with premarital, but we're not actually talking about the the dash. Like, I kind of think of like, the dash in between of like what happens in between in that between time. those times how how did we just care for you in the beginning and care for you uh when things are are most likely over 
yeah, we're missing something huge. Yeah. And, and honestly, there's a big reason for it, right? Because so often I, I get a chance in my coaching ministry, I meet with a lot of pastors. Um, there's something important about just when most of my coaching is online. So mm-hmm. I, I use like Zoom or, or something like that. And, and there, so there's, not a physical waiting room that they're going to see their congregants sitting in. Mm. And and that becomes very attractive to mm-hmm. uh, pastors. So I do have quite a few pastors on my caseload. And the reality is pastors feel stressed in their own marriages. Yeah. Right. And so when they're feeling yeah. stressed in their own marriages and they know that their spouse is going to be sitting in the front row seat when they preach about marriage, they're probably not very likely to do so. Yeah, I get that. And, I mean, and I think that just because you feel called to be a lead pastor, a preacher, I mean, marriage should always be important. And I do think, actually, that they should preach about it quite often. I mean, you and I probably have, I don't know what some people would consider pretty drastic or radical, radical views on that. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're all prepared to do marriage counseling with people right. when when things are in trouble, or even just people hit hiccups and whatnot. Most pastors are actually not trained to right. do that, and so I think that's where we see the void with even preaching about it, mm-hmm. um, because they also feel like, well, why should I get up there and tell everybody else what to do in their marriage, like? I'm feeling pretty lost myself. Well, and I'm, I I don't know. I always think it may not even be super lost, just like it's the comment of like, well, I can't tell them what to do because, well, I still struggle in figuring mm-hmm. out communication with mm-hmm. my wife or my husband. You know, so you feel like, well, if I'm still struggling, then I should not, I should not be speaking on it kind sure. of thing. Um, I feel like you could equate that to so many things in life. I know right. that... Um, we're pretty open about our adoption stories and we will often get asked to speak in that genre. And I will still say like, we are still figuring out our footing um, in our, our most recent adoption. And when people ask us to speak, we're like, well, what we're still, we're still, we are still figuring this out. Um, And there's truth in that, but there's also truth in like, aren't you always still figuring out parenting? Sure, right. I mean, if any of you have arrived, please send me the the like, manual, <laughs> the exact directions to the arrival because I would like them very much. So, like, there is truth in that in somewhat. And if you're in a place where you feel like you actually need help, sure, then maybe I get it. But there needs to be good biblical solid preaching and encouragement and joy found in marriage that we're preaching from the pulpit and being honest about the real and the raw of marriage because we're missing something huge when that's not coming from that aspect of the church. And we're talking about many aspects, but it needs to be preached on regularly. It needs to be preached on in my, in my opinion, I'm just going to get, put this out there by the lead pastor. Mm -hmm. And if you have a marriage pastor, like, Absolutely. You need to be hearing their voice because they're the one you've actually hired to do marriage ministry. So like I think those should be two voices that you hear from 
on a regular basis. Regular basis is sort of ambiguous, but you get to decide as a con- as a church, like, when are we going to focus on this? Like, when yeah. are we going to make this a priority? And I think there, it's easy in those moments to, um, you know, apologize to the people who are not married. And mm. I, I actually think, especially yeah. here in the United States, um, it the statistics are something like 90% of people will be married at least once in their life. And so well, there's a part where we can learn about what it takes to be married, what it takes to look for a spouse, even if we don't have one yet. And and those are things we don't need to apologize for. Well, and I think there's two things with that. Like one, we're just so easily offended culture. I, I would like to challenge all of you, no matter what sermon you hear on your Sunday, at your home church, ask yourself what you can take from it. Like there are marriage principles you can apply to just your individual life that have nothing to do with a partner in life. So like you can sit there and you can find something that is for you that speaks to your heart. Mm-hmm. But if you're always looking for the, I'm offended because that doesn't fit me. Right. Well, I don't know. That's kind of a me centered kind of right. <laughs> attitude about right. life anyways. So, you know, um, when people are up there, it's it, to me, it's not that people are trying to be insensitive to whatever stage of life you're mm-hmm. in. It's just, this is what we're talking about. Sure. And I'm sorry, I've heard lots of uh, sermons on singles, being singles and what that means and how to do it well and walked away with good stuff that I can still practice in sure. my right. life. Right. So number one, just don't don't join that culture of being offended at everything and just see what God has for you. And number two, I love what Ted Cunningham says. I mean, we love a lot of what he says that just... Every marriage is in need of good, I think he says good backup singers. Like, even if you're not married, we all need encouragement and support and people who will um, be praying for us before our marriage, not for either one of us, and will speak truth when it's needed, Um, you know, be encouragement, be community when you need things, whatever that looks like. And so while you may not be married yourself, mm-hmm. you know someone who is, and you get to be a huge part of that. Yeah. So so we've talked about other things that make a marriage-friendly church. So, in, mm-hmm. you know, personally, um, I get to be a part of building and maintaining a lot of these things at our church um, that go beyond just what happens during a service. Um Obviously, hearing about marriage in those environments is really important. But mm-hmm. beyond that, um, they're building programs where you're helping couples to learn how to do marriage, both before, um, and in our church, we now have both a, a thriving premarital program, but we actually have created a dating program, a seriously dating program, mm-hmm. to help couples who are in that stage of seriously dating try mm-hmm. to figure out is is this the person that I want to spend my life with to yeah. be married to? And, have and crucial to have that. conversations with that maybe right. your normal dating life doesn't bring about. Sure. So before premarital, so doing yeah. those things, but not stopping there. Mm-hmm. Like continuing to learn how to grow in marriage during your marriage. So mm-hmm. how do you do things well? 
um, for couples who are just looking to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go through hard times and grow? Mm-hmm. One of the other things that we've prioritized is how do we encourage couples just to have fun and mm-hmm. enjoy each other mm-hmm. and just find those times uh, to to do that as well. Yeah. So we have we we have focuses on marriage enrichment once you are married, um, and then also are in the process of developing a marriage mentor program, which would actually be different than the marriage enrichment. It's more for when marriages are in crisis, when people are are struggling um, mm-hmm. to say, you know what, your church actually wants to be a part of taking care of, of marriages because we believe that all marriages will go through a certain amount of crisis time. Mm-hmm. And we want to help you um, to go through that and go through it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So having that space where somebody is saying, Hey, you know what, you can turn towards the church and we want to help you in, in wherever those challenges are. So mm-hmm. um, no matter what the stages is, and, and you've probably heard us say this before on the podcast is, is we believe every marriage goes through some challenging times. Mm-hmm. It's how you handle those challenging times that matter. Yeah. And, and you're not, I mean, Let's be honest, you're not always going to handle them well, but if you can find community and, um, you know, education and all the things at your local church mm-hmm. or, or a local church nearby, because I do understand to support this kind of staff is often hard sure. for some of the smaller churches, but that's why to me, church is about so much more than just one local church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's and, coming together. And we do offer our services to people in the community as well, because sure. we want people to be able to come and be able to engage those things that they might not be able to engage if they um, can just afford a lead yeah. pastor or whatnot. Like we do understand not everybody can afford to bring someone on staff like you. Yeah, no, absolutely. This isn't for every church. And, and the reality is um, the that even most of the large churches have not invested in marriage ministry. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where my too. challenge is, is, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you're investing in so many other areas, and yet probably 75% of your congregation are are married. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the areas, and we've all seen this, where uh, whether it be the pastor or key leaders, mm-hmm. you know, things are going amazing, and then they have a struggle in their marriage, and all of a sudden they're taking time off, they're not doing their ministry as they should, and and need to take a step back because they've forgotten the priority. Mm-hmm. And I tr- we truly believe that marriage priority actually helps build healthier churches all around. Yeah. I mean, think about the effects of your kids' ministry when people are prioritizing their marriage. It's not going to make it perfect. doesn't mean having a good marriage produces perfect children. No. Um, But it's going to impact it significantly. It's going to impact your kids' ministry. It's going to impact your missions, your outreach, your evangelism. Um whatever is going to impact everything. Absolutely. But I think we don't really think about that in those terms. No, absolutely. But that's why 
we so want to encourage other churches to consider what it means to have somebody who really is looking out for marriages, mm-hmm. who's saying that this is an important value um, that we need to continue to grow. I, th- I think, too, one of the questions I think that a lot of people are going to wonder and that we get is, okay, so if if we can't dedicate this type of resources to having someone on staff or whatnot, what does our church do? Sure. So I think there are things that a church can do no matter what size you are. And yeah, if, absolutely. if you're out there and you are like, yes, marriage ministry is important. I would love to see our church get behind that. I would just encourage you to be a part of that solution. Sure. So um, there's several different things that we've recommended people do. Um, yeah. We recommend and we use at our church, we use the curriculum called Reengage that's coming out of Watermark. Um, that is a curriculum. It's not the only one that's out there. Um, another great uh, resource mm-hmm. is Married People. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Lowe and his team have created a really kind of plug and play marriage ministry where mm-hmm. you can. Um, have uh, you know activities and uh, marriage nights and those kind of things that volunteers can run mm-hmm. um, and do well and they're they're really solid curriculum so I, mm-hmm. I would encourage people in smaller churches to take a look at that yeah and there are lots of marriage books out there um, I do find it hard to promote any single one sure because I'm going to be honest you open up a marriage book and I know some of these people and I know their hearts and they're all good. Uh, but you read something and you're like, mm, not sure what I think about that. Um, so I feel like every marriage book is going to have those things. So, so remember that mm-hmm. if you pick up a resource, there might be something that you have to wrestle with a bit and decide biblically if it's sound. That's actually not a bad thing. That's, yeah. that's actually what we're supposed to do. Um, but that being said, there are marriage books out there that um, pastors can have their congregation read, have small groups right. do together, and have great conversations. Like you don't all need or can have a marriage pastor who can sort of create these things. Right. But there are resources out there that you can tap into and use in different ways um, that can help grow marriages at yeah. your church and meet that need. I want to throw out an idea that uh, we've done at our church multiple times. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of churches end up doing is, you know, spending a lot of money to bring in uh, a national marriage speaker and mm-hmm. to come in and done kind of, you know, say what they need to say and then fly back out. And look, there's, there's benefits to that. You know, mm-hmm. there's certainly places where that can be a positive thing, but mm-hmm. um, not every church has the resources for that. And sometimes I even question, you know, is that a long-term benefit or is it a one night benefit kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we've done multiple times is uh, a activity that we've called wed talks kind of off the idea of Ted talks. Um, we have gone to great wonderful couples in our church, just couples that we know, couples Mm -hmm. everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And we've asked them, hey, if you could talk for 12 minutes on marriage, right? Tell us, tell us one lesson that you've learned in your marriage in 12 minutes. Well, and we actually, it's even more nuanced than that. And this is what I believe makes it so um, powerful, powerful. We've sold out 
every year. We've done we've three. Done it. We've done three. I'm trying to think. We have sold out every time and have that day people saying, can we come? Can we come? But literally, we just can't house any more people. Is that we tell you in that 12 to 15 minutes, I don't want you to just be like, here are the things you need to do. We want to hear from your story yeah. and how you didn't do it well. Um, not and that it always changed. has to start from that premise, but or how you decided from mar- from, from early on in marriage, well. we're going to do this, and we've seen the effects this. Right. But we don't want to hear just the principles. We want to hear how it's played out in your story. Yep. And our uh, former pastor that used to be at our church, and I'm sure it's not specifically his phrase, but he used to say, change lives, change lives. Absolutely. And that is the principle. When you can share from your story, people are moved. People yep. see how it's applicable. They see how, oh, I can take that and do that myself. Right. And that's what makes that Wed Talks right. like super easy to run. Yep. You could do it in a small church. Well, and, and here's get the reality: like a couple of people, we, we are a, a larger church, and so we have the the space and the and the couples. So there's times that we've had nine different couples kind of giving twelve minute talks, and mm-hmm. then um, people come and have to choose three of them, and that sometimes is a challenge, but it becomes a really fun night because they go mm-hmm. hear a talk, get some food, socialize a little bit, hear another talk, and it's fast and fun. Right, um, and we're able not enough to, time for people to fall asleep because right. we know you're all busy and you're all tired. So we're able to kind of give them choices between different people and things like mm-hmm. that. But if you could find three couples to give that talk, you could right there. You have a powerful marriage evening um, that you get some snacks, get some some you know food, and have three speakers, and you have a great evening. And mm-hmm. now you have three resources from Mm -hmm. your church body for ongoing conversations. And I think that the thing that's important to say and wrap up with all of this is anytime you're doing any of this, you're going to get people in any of those things we just talked about that come up and sort of like floor you with the devastation of where they are. Absolutely. And so my encouragement would be come up with a plan for what does it look like within your church to be able to meet that need somehow? Do you have a team of a couple of couples who can sit down and talk with those people? Do you have a list of licensed counselors in your area, Christian counselors that you can give to these people? It's really tough. And I think this is why a lot of people shy away from it because they're then like, Oh, but I know we're going to get the stories that we have. We are not equipped to deal with and then we just feel like we've stirred up something that's we we're not actually helping yeah. to solve. And so I think that's true, but I think it doesn't have to be the end of the situation. I would be cautious of sending them all to your lead pastor, especially no. if you're a smaller church. That's that's hard. Yep. That's a lot. It's a lot. So whatever team would develop and use and implement any of the things we've talked about or other things you come up with, even like the books in a small mm-hmm. group setting. What is your church going to do when a small group leader comes and says, uh, this marriage is really, really struggling and I don't know what to tell them? Correct. You can do some training, but what are you going to do? Do you have a yeah. team of people to potentially send those people to? Do you have a list of licensed Christian counselors? You know, what is it What is it going to be? What's I don't even there? know if there's anything else you would add to that, but... Well, I just want to say, like, we, our heart is to see the local church grow 
Um, mm-hmm. And you know, so if you're sitting here going, man, I would love to see this at our church, but I just don't know how, um, reach out to us. Um, our email is help at stillbecomingone.com. We would love to talk to you. If you're a pastor, if you're a leader, and you're going, man, I don't even know how to start this. Yeah. We would love to talk about it um, and maybe give you some ideas. If you're uh, passionate about doing this at your church and just need a push um, in the right direction, let us know. We would love to come alongside you as well. We love to see the local church grow to serve the needs of the Lord. So good luck. We hope that you too will find a marriage-friendly church and or become or become a marriage-friendly church. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.